I'm your host, Jim, and this is the show that makes you question the very reality that you live in. Conversations After Dark. Gibson bag of $20 bill. On we are some weird shit there, man. There's a dude sitting in the bushes, man. Does he have a gun? I don't know, man. I don't know. What? What? Red team, go. Red team, go. Who's the only one here who knows the illegal ninja moves from the government? This one gang kept wanting me to join because I'm pretty good with the bow staff. Uh-oh, retard alert! Retard alert, class! Welcome to my dark and twisted mind. Good evening, folks, and welcome back to yet another episode of Conversations After Dark. I'm so glad you guys could join me. You know, when I started this podcast, I didn't think anybody would listen to me, and, uh, so for you guys who have listened to me and stuck with me, you know, the first couple episodes were kind of rough and starting to find my footing now, I think. So hopefully they'll get better for you guys. But, you know, you guys stuck with me and I really appreciate it. And so for, for that, I want to I want to give out some stickers. So, you know, just email me, put stickers in the subject. Uh, you can email me at frattimothy419 at gmail.com. That's P-R-A-T-T-D-I-M-O-T-H-Y 419 at gmail.com. And just put stickers in the subject, and uh, we'll work on getting them out to you. So, you know, because I really appreciate you guys listening. So, you know, again, email me for those free stickers, and, and you know, that's, that's always a good thing. And if you if you haven't done it yet, uh, please, please, please like and follow. And uh, if you have time, leave me a review, one star, five stars. If you think I suck, tell me I suck. If you think I'm good, tell me, please. I, I could use some reviews. and, and uh, you know, tell your friends because that's the only way this show's going to get bigger and it's the only way podcast grows is word of mouth. I mean, there's not really commercials for podcasts. You never see them on TV. You just hear them about, about them from your friends. So remember to tell a friend about conversations after dark and, uh, and you know, you know, wake them up, smack them, shake them, tell them, hey, you need to listen to this show. But because, uh, you know, Uncle Sam's off the shit. He really is. And, you know, I, I just, it's crazy. But anyway, that's, uh, you know, free stickers, free stickers for the first 10 listeners who email me, you know, and put stickers in the, in the uh, subject. And that's timothy 419 at gmail.com. Email me. I'll get you your stickers. So anyway, with that out of the way, um, I, I'd like to get a little bit on this Chinese spy balloon shit. Um, everybody's dedicating full episodes to this. And, and you know what? You know what? I, I don't think it's worth it. Um, I, I think it's a distraction. I think it's it's a, it's something that gets you to look this way, so they can do something over there. You know, uh, you got you got, you got three Chinese balloons. Okay, now now you know it, it's it's a try to look at the left why the right hand still is your wallet type of thing, and I'll explain why. I'll explain why. Trust me, because you know there is a there, there's 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 a lot to this. You got to look back. You got to look at. It. You got to really look at the situation here. See, so you, you got to step back and look and question. Like, I like the motto of this show, question everything. So step back and look at the situation. you got these balloons, okay? They said they couldn't detect them. They went all the way across the United States, one of them did. So, you know, and they couldn't detect them. So people, I hate to tell you, but they've been telling us for years we can track intercontinental ballistic missiles, cruise missiles, all this stuff. 
So if we can track them, how come we can't track a fucking balloon? I mean, and, and the, 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 the long and the short of it, folks, is if, if we can't track a fucking balloon, we're in trouble. Because, I mean, this is technology that's been used since the Civil War. We, should know, we definitely know how to track a fucking balloon. If we can't track a fucking balloon, we can't track a fucking missile. Come on now. Use your fucking head. It's a goddamn fucking balloon. Uh, and and, and I, don't, I don't even think it was a Chinese spy balloon to begin with. I, like I said, I think it was a, I think it was their balloon, and and I think it was a, a, a look at the left and why the right steals your wallet type of thing. And, and, and in this case, uh, the, the wallet is some of your rights and freedoms because they'll pass some kind of silly bill because of these Chinese spy balloons and they got to take care of them and they got to protect you, so they need to pass this bill and it'll get passed and, and it'll be taking away some of your rights, some of your freedoms. I guarantee it. That's that's all they're on. Um, we we've been pushing closer and closer to that for years. They want a one world government, and you know Reagan said it. Reagan said it. He said if this world was facing an imminent outside threat, you'd be surprised how fast they come together. So you know, and and, and then you have this project. I haven't looked into it yet, so I'm not going to do an episode on it and make myself a fool. Foolish, and I haven't, you know, done my homework. So I just want to briefly touch on it. But it's Project Blue Beam, and they're supposed to be able to holograph stuff in the sky. You not tell the difference. So uh, I really think that this is all played up, and it's all uh, uh, meant to scare you. It's just a scare tactic, folks. Keep you in your house and take your rights. And 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 you got to quit being sheeple. You need to wake the fuck up. You got to go. It's time because you know. It, there's 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 no better time than now to wake up, smell the coffee, you know. Every once in a while, you got to tell Uncle Sam to fuck off, you know. He, not all the time, you know. So some of the stuff he does is great for us, you know. They, I'm not saying our country's a bad country. I'm just saying some of the people that are running it are pieces of shit. But you know, they, in in Mexico's for any country, you know. In we can get them out of there. We can get them out if we want them out of there. We can get them out of there. That's the problem. That's the problem, folks, is this country's going to hell, and, and it's our choice. And, and we're, we're, not, we're not impacting it. We're not making a choice. We're not even paying attention. You know, you got the right to vote. Go vote. Go change who's in office. You know, and, and it starts at the small government. It starts at your city council, at your fucking school board meetings. That's where you start. That's where you start making change. You know, and, and, that's, and that's what we need. We need a change in this country. Because uh, obviously, obviously we need to change. Because what we've been doing ain't been fucking work. It ain't. It ain't been working at all. So, you know, we definitely need to, every once in a while you got a question, Uncle Sam and tell him to fuck off. But, you know, then in the Chinese five moves, like I said, it, it goes back to, to what I said on the show. And the show's motto is question everything. So, you know, and, and that's the thing. Hey, they're, they're scaring you, folks. That's all. That's all. So... You know, that's all I'm going to say about the Chinese spy balloons and Project Blue Beam and all that. Um, I may do an episode on Project Blue Beam. It sounds pretty interesting. I would like to look into that and dive into that and see what that's about. But, um, you know, if, if you know anything about it and you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can email prattimothy419 uh, at gmail.com. Uh, and I'll get you on the show. We won't get talking about it. But uh, anyway, moving on, I was... Um, I listened to podcasts the other night, and I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm not going to send anybody out by name or call out their podcast or anything like that. But they said that too many people have conspiracy podcasts, 
And that's what the New World Order wants, is so it discredits the conspiracy field. Well, I, I beg to differ. I think that, you know, the more people that are looking into conspiracy and, and, and looking into this stuff, it's the more eyes that are watching. You know, and you got more lights shining into the darkness. And, you know, where do cockroaches like this hide? They, where do cockroaches hide? They hide in the dark. You know, shine that light in the dark and they scatter. We need more light. So I, I, I think that's that's wrong. Um, I, I think if you have a podcast and you're doing conspiracy, you know, definitely try to do your homework and, and try to be credible. But, you know, everybody makes mistakes. and Everybody gets one wrong or two wrong. You know, and nobody's fucking perfect. So, you know, like this podcast, when I first started out, I sucked. I really did. And, you know, I listened to my beginning episodes and listen to my episodes now, and you can definitely tell a big fucking difference. And, and, you know, and thank you guys for sticking with me. But, you know, and then that just goes to show that we're just human. We all make mistakes. And, and for this guy to say that, it, it, it really, really upset me because, you know, it, it's like, you know, that's what Uncle Sam wants. That's what Big Brother wants. You know, the New World Order, they, they want people like you to, 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 to say that there's too many people that have podcasts and, and to drive people out and, and to quit so there's not so many lights shining in the dark. You know, how do you catch a fucking cockroach? Where do you catch a cockroach? You catch a cockroach. You catch cockroaches at night in the dark. They hide in the shadows. So, you know, the more people we have looking into podcasts, the more people they are shining lights in the shadows. If you, that's how I feel about that. So, you know, and I just think that's bullshit, you know. And, you know, if you're doing a podcast and you're doing a song, you're singing, you're doing whatever you're doing, you're doing your fucking thing, you're doing stand-up comedy, fucking whatever, and, and somebody tells you that you should fucking stop, you tell them to go fuck themselves. Tell them to go fuck themselves. You do you, man. You do you and be happy about it and do what makes you fucking happy. If it makes you happy to go up there and get booed off fucking stage, go make you booed off fucking stage because, because there's no feeling like it. You know, um, I, 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 there's no feeling like it. And, and I can say that because, you know, I, I, I always had a fear of public speaking. And, and now for me to have a podcast, it's really something that really makes me, it gives me a feeling that I can't get nowhere else to, to, to do this podcast. It makes me really feel good. It makes me feel good about myself. So, you know, and, and, and I, like, I, like, I like entertaining you guys. And I'm happy that I can entertain you guys and you guys listen every week. That's awesome. Um, but, yeah. So I think it was wrong of him to say that because you catch cockroaches in the dark. But anyway, we need to look at the, at the real things, at the real problems like uh, these train derailments. You know, you get more and more of them. And, and I think the uh, train workers wanted to go on strike because of that very reason, because the infrastructure needs fixed. Because, folks, you, 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 you got to realize that this infrastructure in America, it's old. It's old. A lot of these bridges and tracks and stuff like that, they're from the 40s, 50s, maybe 60s. I mean, they're 50, 60 years old. What do you expect? And, 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 and the problem is, is there's nobody going to trade schools anymore. There's nobody going to trade schools. There's nobody doing anything anymore. In the military, their recruitment was down by 60%. I mean, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. You know, and that just goes to show that people are sitting back and they're laughing. They're laughing at our government because, you know, it, 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 it's a joke. It's, it's a joke. We're ran by a bunch of fucking clowns. 
it's it, it's it's nothing but watching a bunch of circus monkeys jump through hoops there, you know, fuck retards. But anyway, fucking you got fucking you got a clown in charge. I mean, what do you expect when you got a motherfucking clown in charge? So you know, I mean, it's just a big circus and a big comedy show, you know, and everybody sit back and and they're laughing at it, you know, and and and, and laughing at us, and, and because we have the power to change it. So so change it. Go to town council meetings. Go to school board meetings. Change it. You make change at the small level, small government. That's where you make your change. And it starts there and it starts with you. You, 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 you. You've got to make the change. You've got to question everything. So just pay attention, folks. Question everything. This Chinese spy balloon shit's a distraction. I guarantee you that. Is that they're doing something else they don't want you to know. And that's why they put that in. But anyway, this whole thing's laughable. You know, so much laughable that uh, that's that's what I want to do for you guys tonight. I want to kind of do something a little different um, tonight. I want to. I'm having a guest on. He's he's uh, he owned a stand up comedy club for 20 years. He's done show business for 40. Um, his name is Scott Edwards. He's a very amazing dude, funny guy. Um, knows a lot of funny people too. Uh, has a lot of great stories. And I just wanted to bring him on the show and maybe maybe get a laugh instead of so much sadness and, and conspiracy and, and all that you know every once in a while we got to throw in a laugh so i hope you guys enjoy tonight's show and, and get a laugh and, and and uh enjoy our guest his name is scott edwards again he was he's been in the show business for 40 years he's uh, owned a comedy club for 20 of them and you know he, he's just a funny guy and a good guy to hang out with and, and i hope you guys enjoy this show tonight and uh thank you very much for listening Bitch. Tell me something good, big. Hey, you ever get tired of that jittery, bloated feeling you get from big energy? Well, do what I did. It switched to W Energy today. It has zero sugar and no calories. And best of all, for all conversations after dark listeners, you guys get 10% off just by using the code after dark. That's code after dark. That's 10% off, folks. That's an awesome deal. Try W today. It's all natural, zero sugar, zero calories. And it'll leave you feeling fantastic. So try W Energy today. And don't forget your 10% off by using code AFTERDARK. Oh, thank you. Welcome back to Conversations After Dark. I'd like to introduce our guest tonight. He's been in show business for 40 years and owned a comedy club for 20 of them. Let's introduce Scott Edwards. How you doing tonight, Scott? Hey, Timothy. Great to be with you on Conversations After Dark. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, settle down. Settle down. Sit down. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for that great welcome. Well, Timothy, you've had some amazing conversations after dark about all kinds of a variety of topics. What can I bring your listeners? Well, we, we were looking maybe for a, a little bit of laughs here because uh, if you stick on conspiracies all the time, you'll just be sad. I mean, it's just a depressing topic. So I'm trying to trying to get us to laugh a little bit tonight. <laughs> well, I can certainly help with that. I am a uh, lifelong entrepreneur. And when I was 24, I opened up my uh, first comedy club. It was the uh, 12th comedy club in the country. Uh, I built that to a chain of three comedy clubs and got a chance to work with people like uh, Gary Shandling, Jay Leno, uh, Ray Romano, Jerry Seinfeld, Dana Carvey, many, many people. And it's been a lot of fun, but always a good time, not too scary, not like zombies or Waco. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I can imagine so. So you must have some amazing stories. I bet you those guys were uh, so really something backstage. I heard they're, they're, it got pretty crazy sometimes. Well, it was back in the 80s. Yes, I'm an old guy. And so, the you know, there were instances of uh, over-drinking and, and drugs were pretty prevalent. But uh, in my club, I tried to keep it a little bit more... Uh, uh, controlled. Uh, but we had some moments. There was one time a famous road comic, his name was John Fox, who was uh, famous for partying it up on the road, actually chased me around the green room with a, a spoonful of Coke, you know, come on, you could do it. Try it. You could do it. I mean, it was pretty crazy. I ended up firing him because one time I went into the green room and he had whipped out his uh, dick and was peeing on a blow-up doll trying to make the other comics laugh. And I'm like, you know, that's disrespecting my home. But uh, the guy was uh, totally crazy but very, very funny. And I've showcased him uh, several times on uh, my podcast, uh, Stand-Up Comedy, Your Host and MC. That's Stand-Up Comedy, Your Host and MC, which uh, features uh, comedy sets like John Fox and Jane Leno and Seinfeld. So... Um, great stuff. Well, that's just a crazy story. Uh, I bet you have tons of stories like that because, um, what, what's some of the biggest artists that you've worked with? Well, there's been, been so many, and you got to remember, ladies and gentlemen, that they weren't huge celebrities when they worked for me. Uh, Gary Shandling, for example, who ended up doing the Larry Shander show, the Gary Shandling show and something like 50 different movies. Um, his very first road gig was at my club in August of 1980. He was the opening act making $150 a week, but he was very funny, very professional. And he soon became a headliner. In fact, one Gary Shandling story, uh, it was like a Wednesday night. There's maybe, you know, 18, 20 people in the audience. And this, uh, one guy gets up to go to the restroom and Gary stops right in the middle of his set and goes, uh, that's too high a percentage. Come with me. And he took the other 17 people, men and women, into the men's room, stood right behind the guy trying to do his business at the urinal, and then just went on with his act like nothing had happened. <laughs> that was hilarious. Well, it never happened again in the history of the club, but that was a special moment. Well, that sounds like a very special moment. Man, it, it must be crazy working in Hollywood all these years because uh, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens. Um, I mean, there's even a lot of conspiracies around Hollywood and comedy that they're trying to push narrative through certain comedians. I mean, what, what's your take on that? Well, everybody, you know, in Hollywood and, and when you have a certain amount of celebrity, there's always... Um, somebody that's going to be taking it a little too far, you know, creating a conspiracy or starting a rumor. Um, you, you know, you can't pay too much attention to that stuff. The idea is just to, um, do your job. In my case, I was producing comedy shows and concerts. I had two TV series. And so my job was to find talent, showcase talent. And I didn't worry too much about the, uh, uh, conspiracy theories or the rumors that might go around about somebody. But, uh, I was very blessed. I mean, there were a few famous people that came through the club, uh, for the old listeners. I got a chance to get a pie thrown in my face by soupy sales. Uh, Pat Paulson, who was a perennial presidential candidate worked for me many, many times. 
Um, from Monty Python, for any Monty Python fans, uh, Graham Chapman graced my stage about three months before he passed away. That was pretty amazing. And then everybody knows uh, Cheech and Chong, right, Timothy? Oh, yeah, everybody knows old Tommy Chong and Cheech Chong. Yeah, well, yeah, Cheech Marin and Tommy Chong. And Tommy Chong actually worked for me twice. And I got to tell you, there was nothing like having him on my stage he pulled out his electric guitar and did their famous song, Earache My Eye, live on stage. And if you don't remember, it's like, dun 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 I mean, it just really got the whole audience going, including myself uh, being a huge uh, Cheech and Chong fan. So uh, really some amazing uh, moments. Well, that sounds absolutely amazing. So what is the name of your comedy club? So let's get that out there for my listeners. Yeah, it uh, when I opened it in 1980, it was the 12th club in the country. It is now still operating. I'm not uh, the owner at this point. Uh, it's called Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento, California. But now, after 42 years, it's one of the oldest clubs in the country and still producing live comedy each and every night. Wow, that's, that's an amazing feat just to stay open that long especially with uh, COVID hitting and the way it affected uh, businesses, especially uh, businesses like stand-up comedy. Yeah, they were pretty heroic on how they were able to keep the doors open through that whole thing. But, uh, uh, you know, any type of business you do is challenging. And stand-up comedy or owning a comedy club might make it a little bit harder because it's not just a show. You're selling food, so you're a restaurant. You have a bar, so you're a bar owner. And it really is, uh, can be a difficult task, but if you have a passion for what you do and you enjoy, uh, running a business, uh, I was very blessed owning, uh, that chain of comedy clubs. Well, it sounds like it. So I have to ask, what is the craziest, craziest thing you've ever seen? Well, I think one of the most memorable, if, if you don't mind me putting a little twist on it was uh, very early on there was a young actor who had just gotten a sitcom and he needed to do a stand-up comedy set so my good friend Bob Saget brought him up to my club and wrote material for him and then I kind of taught him how to be do the mechanics of being a stand-up comic where to look how to use the mic all that kind of stuff and that actor went back to Hollywood put it on that sitcom and we got to see what we worked on on stage on TV about 10 days later. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention that was Tom Hanks and the TV show was bosom buddies. Oh, wow. Wow. That, that's, that's, that's amazing. So, you know, um, tell me more, tell me more. I mean, I'm just intrigued by what you know about Hollywood and all these stars and to get away from conspiracies and to hear all your funny stories is pretty good. Oh, well, thanks for the opportunity, Timothy. And I, after listening to a few of your shows, I could see where a, a little comedy entertainment might be fun, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you it, it's really been, um, more of a blessing than a, than a task. You know, when you run a business, it's always, difficult you have employees and and customers to deal with and everything customer service but i think working with the entertainers now there wasn't always good times i mean uh, everybody's heard of bill maher the political satirist he's he's world famous he's got his own shows 
He could buy and sell me a hundred times over. Very successful political comic, but I fired his ass. He uh, came into my club on, on a Wednesday night, was doing his political material, and he was talking right over the heads of the people and just um, you know, bringing up names of senators and laws that nobody cares about or heard about. And he stopped in the middle of his show and said, you know, you people are just stupid up here. And he walked off stage and I fired him right on the spot saying, you forgot the first job of an entertainer is to be there for the audience. The audience isn't there for you. And, uh, so Bill Mars, one of the only two acts in the, uh, 21 plus years, I was producing shows that I fired, uh, right off the bat, uh, you know, midweek. So, you know, there, there are those kind of situations. The guy that John Fox had got fired for what he did in the green room. There was uh, situations where uh, a really terrific comic out of the uh, Bay Area, A. Whitney Brown, um, got done with the show and was walking back to the condo. Somebody mugged him, cracked him over the head with a lead pipe and split his chin open. And I had to rush him to the hospital and, and get stitched up. And he wanted to go back on stage the next night. <laughs> and uh, I, we had to convince him that, no, we could we could cover him for a night or two so he could heal. But uh, just some of the dramas that you come across uh, when you're dealing with uh, entertainers and um, live event situations. Oh, yeah, I can only imagine. I mean... It's crazy, but it's, especially with these stars, and, and some of them feel entitled. I mean, and, and, you know, we talk about the story of the guy getting cracked over the head. I mean, it just goes to show that, you know, people are out there to get you guys. And it's, it's important what you guys do and make you, making us laugh. It really is. Yeah, I mean, he didn't, I don't think he got mugged because he was a comic. I think he was just some guy walking through the wrong part of town. Um, you know, uh, the, we always provided housing for the entertainers from out of town and there'd be a condo for a long time. We had a house and that we provided a car and they could drive to it. But in the early days, it was a condo up the street or across the street. And, you know, uh, you just can never tell what's going to happen, but, uh, you know, there's, there's always unique situations and we had a chance to work with, uh, Paula Poundstone early in her career. She was the only act that worked multiple weeks at my club. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres from the Ellen show was actually a featured act at my club. Uh, so there was a lot of female talent that came through the, you know, Carol Leifer, Lois Bromfield, uh, Diane Nichols, um, Lori Kilmartin, Karen Anderson, some terrific, uh, uh, comedians that came through the club. But what's, uh, um, something that's always, you have to be aware of when you're dealing with entertainers is balancing the fact that at the moment they're working for you, they're like an employee. You're paying them money to do a job. And on the other side, they're entertainers with an ego and an agenda, and you have to try to balance that. And it, it could be challenging. For sure, for sure. So so tell us more about you know, how, how hard was it to book some of these acts when you first were getting started? What was it like? Well, you know, one of the secrets to, uh, opening any business is doing your research up front. So before I opened, even though I was a very young man, um, I actually invested in myself and took the time to hang out in LA and hang out in San Francisco 
and I would go to showcase clubs like uh, the Ice House or the Improv or the Comedy Store in the uh, Bay Area. It was like the Holy City Zoo and the Punchline. And I would watch acts, and if I thought they were appropriate for my club, I would approach them, give them my business card, and start a relationship. Um, in fact, I was very blessed. One of the very first acts I met, and this is before I started the club. This is what made me start my club. I was at a satellite room of the comedy store in uh, uh, just out off of UCLA University in L.A. in Westwood, and one of the acts was Dave Couillet. And you may know that name from Full House and America's Funniest Videos and Fuller House, which has been on more recently. Terrific guy. He introduced me to Bob Saget, who together they did all those same shows. And Bob Saget and Dave Couillet were some of the early friends slash entertainers that really helped me develop my club and do it right. In fact, a great funny story, Timothy, one time it was like a Thursday night after the show and Bob Saget, Dave Collier and I are just sitting at a cocktail table having drinks and talking about the show and the day. And I could tell that Bob and Dave were having kind of an inside joke. They kept laughing, but kind of out of tune. And I, I said, Hey, I'm the boss, you know, don't keep me out of the joke. And Dave Collier pulls up this piece of paper and like a note in grammar school bob saget had passed a note to dave collier it was all folded up and inside this piece of paper was some table lint and on the note he said dave here's some of my pubic hair cherish it <laughs> oh wow you know they're just they're you know when you're an entertainer it's that stuff that's kind of over the top that makes you laugh and uh uh, Bob Saget and Dave Collier were just so critically important and such good friends in those early years. It, uh, I was very blessed, but, uh, that was a very funny moment. Well, it sounds like it. So is, uh, do you have any work that you're doing currently at the moment? Yeah. Thanks for asking. So I mentioned my podcast, Stand Up Comedy, your host and MC, but the really fun thing for your listeners, if they want to check it out. It's the standupcomedypodcastnetwork.com. A little bit of a long name, but it explains what it is. The standupcomedypodcastnetwork.com. And if you go to that, there's access to over 18 different podcasts, all produced by stand-up comics. There's also videos from back in the day of Jay Leno, Dana Carvey, Jerry Seinfeld, and the rest. Bob Saget, of course, Dave Couillet, Amazing Jonathan, some amazing funny people, Yakov Smirnov from Russia. Uh, and there's audio bites, there's blogs done by comics, and there's even a joke of the day. So this new network site, Stand Up Comedy Podcast Network, uh, I'm sorry, Stand Up Comedy Podcast Network, yeah, that's it, dot com, uh, really offers anything and everything that people that enjoy stand-up comedy can find. It's kind of a one-stop shop for stand-up comedy, and I'm kind of proud of it. It just launched uh, about a month ago, Timothy, so thanks for asking. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, thanks for putting that out there. Everybody needs a laugh, especially in this world with uh, Chinese spy balloons and COVID and all this crazy <laughs> stuff. We 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 got to we got to laugh, or or we're going to go crazy. No, exactly. <laughs> and it, it's a great way. You know, laughing has therapeutically been proven to be healthy for you. So everybody, go out 
And whether it's my site, my podcast, or Timothy's or whatever, uh, make sure that you enjoy and laugh out loud uh, a little bit each day. It's good for your psyche, and it's healthy for your body. Well, most definitely. So give me one more good story before I let you go. I got to have one more good one. Um, So I was really lucky early on that a young entertainer out of uh, San Francisco. He could do impressions. He was a great stand-up, a terrific musician. Uh, His name was Dana Carvey, and he was just getting started in show business uh, as a comic, and he had just finished a set at my club. Uh, It was, again, it was about a, it was Friday night. It was late. We're in a jacuzzi having cocktails, and uh, Dana was uh, particularly nervous And I said, you know, hey, Dana, buddy, what's going on? We just had a great couple of shows. We're having drinks in this hot tub with some young ladies. What's happening? And he goes, well, earlier today I had a phone call from Lorne Michaels, and they want me in New York on Tuesday to showcase for Saturday Night Live. And we're like, yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations. He goes, yeah, I'm excited and nervous. And, of course, uh, the rest is history. He flew out to New York, showcased for Lorne Michaels, and became one of the regulars on Saturday Night Live, which made him quite famous, and uh, did all his characters, the church lady, Hans and Franz. In fact, a lot of those characters in music, like Chopping Broccoli, you'll find on the podcast network, were things he was doing before he got famous at my club. So uh, Dana Carvey has had an amazing career with Wayne's World and, and Saturday Night Live and so much more. But I got a chance to work with him for many years at my club before all that. Oh, that is that is just is awesome. I mean, you have done some and been, been to some amazing things. And uh, if I could just been to, if it had been hanging out with half the people you hung out with, I would have be lucky. <laughs> well, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I, I certainly have gratitude for all that I was able to achieve and, and those great people that helped me get going, you know, people like Bob Saget and Dave Coulier, Gary Shandling and, and uh, Jerry Seinfeld were all people that were key in uh, guiding my success. I helped them get their career started and they helped me get mine going. So uh, it was uh, mutually beneficial and, and a lot of fun. And thank you, Timothy, for letting me share this on Conversations After Dark. Oh, you're welcome. And one more time, give us that, give them that site so they can get over there and get a good laugh. Yeah. If you guys get a chance and you want to hear some comedy, uh, go to my podcast, Stand Up Comedy, your host and MC, or the new network website, www.standupcomedypodcastnetwork.com. And you'll find all those great uh, adventures in comedy. Have a laugh today, right, Timothy? That's right. That's right. You got to have a laugh. So we thank you for everything that you do, Scott. I mean, you help bring comedy to us. Without you behind the scenes, uh, none of these big comedians would be able to do what they do, and we wouldn't be able to laugh. So we thank you. Well, thank you, Timothy, for having me on your show. Ladies and gentlemen, keep listening to Conversations After Dark. And, Timothy, keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. And you have a wonderful day. All right. Well, that's the show for tonight, folks. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed Scott Edwards. And uh, don't forget to check out his podcast. It's called 
stand-up comedy, your host and MC with Scott Edwards. I, I tried. I, I couldn't get it as smooth as him, but I try. Uh, but anyway, remember, you know, question everything. Um, don't believe half the shit you hear, half of what you see, you know. Make your own decision. Don't let anybody do your homework for you. Don't let me do your homework. Don't let anybody do your homework. Look into everything. Question everything. Even question me. I mean, question everything. Because if you don't, about the minute you don't, it's about the time somebody will try to pull the wool over your eyes. So, you know, be aware. And, and you know, I believe that you guys, as my listeners, the, the people who listen to this show, you, you guys who are listening right now, you guys are in that top percent. You guys... You guys really got your third eye open. You guys know what's going on. You're aware. You're and, and you're watching these little fucking weasels and, and paying attention to what they do and shining your light into the shadows. And, and I greatly appreciate that. And you know, like I said earlier on the podcast, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, do you do what makes you happy, motherfucker? And and, and fuck everybody else. So you know, with that being said, uh, if you have any topics you'd like discussed on the show. Or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, shit, I'll have you on. Uh, you can email me at frattimothy419 at gmail.com. That's P-R-A-T-T-T-I-M-O-T-H-Y 419 at gmail.com. So, you know, y- you can email me there. Give me some subjects for the show or if you want to be on the show. or And, you know, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. First 10 listeners, listen up. First 10 listeners, you know, email me. Same email address that I just gave, only put stickers in the subject, and I'll send out stickers to the first 10 people who email me, because I really appreciate you guys tuning in every week, and and it it really means something to me. Like I said before, uh, doing this podcast, I had a fear of public speaking, and I didn't think anybody would listen to me, and I greatly appreciate you guys listening to me. So, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Please, please, please go like, follow, share. Tell a friend, tell two friends, tell three friends, smack your neighbor, wake them up. Uncle Sam's on some bullshit and we got to get him. So wake them up, wake them up. We got to wake up the normies. Tell us somebody about the podcast. You know, you guys are the shit, you know, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week.